interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hello and welcome to the Salt Report, where two of the internet's saltiest nerds dish out all their salt about video games, cosplay, comics, movies, and all things nerdy. I am Kay, and recording with me tonight is Jesse. Yo! The sponsor in our hearts is a wild one tonight. <laughs> it's Nidhogg Sama. Um, <laughs> high school AU Nidhogg Sama. So... Square Enix was clever this year for New Year's, and they released a um, fake announcement for a high school AU Final Fantasy XIV manga um, on their lodestone, and the fandom was like, okay, but what if it was real, though? (laughs) And so that's been, like, the the art trend du jour right now, and somebody (laughs) somebody just drew, like, Nidhogg from Heaven's Word, but it was just like Nidhogg's head on like a normal human body. <laughs> and it's the best thing ever. And Astinian's like, I'm gonna fight you! Nidhogg Sama. Nidhogg Sama. What a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that That's our sponsor in our hearts, is High School AU. Nidhogg Sama. We we should have found what's the name of that artist. We should actually call out the name of the artist. Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm pulling up our messages. Okay. You sent it to me. At forty two wv underscore is their username on Twitter. So that person. <laughs> that person. Thank you for bringing filling our hearts with joy. Thank you. In this chaotic. And with moment. that. With that, we'll move into the pre-salt. <laughs> Um, I kept leveling Astrologian. Um, I'm level 56 now on my Astrologian, I think. 56 or 57. Um, at level 50, so at level 30, you have like diurnal stance, and I didn't really understand what it was. Um, but at level 50, they had a secondary stance, nocturnal stance. And so basically, um, the best way to explain it is like, so White Mage has this spell, uh, Medica 2, that is a wide range area of effect heal. And it also adds a regen effect to all of the party members that it hits in this magic healing bubble of its sphere of influence. So Astrologian has that. It's called Aspected Helios. If you're in Diurnal Sect when you use it, um, it get, grants a regen effect. But if you're in Nocturnal Stance when you use it, it adds a shield to all of those party members instead of the regen. So that's kind of the difference between the two is the Nocturnal Sect is like the shield um, stance, mm. and the Diurnal Sect is the regen stance. Mm. And so it, it's nice because it kind of allows you to complement your co-healer. So if I lo- go into a eight-man dungeon or like an alliance raid and my co-healer is a scholar, then it might be better for me to be in Diurnal Sect. But if I'm with a White Mage, it would probably be better for me to be in Nocturnal Sect, because White Mage primarily does a lot of regen stuff. If I'm with another Astrologian, I stare at them until they choose a sect, and then I pick the opposite one. <laughs> You're not going to be like, hey, do you know what do? You're just going to, like... Communication! Ridiculous! <laughs> at least it hasn't come up yet. But, um, especially since this is only level 50 and above, Mm. um, because 
from level 30 to, fit to 49, you only have diurnal sect, and below 30, you don't have any sex, and also you can't use your cards, fuck you. So, astrologian becomes really boring in the baby dungeons, but... What what can you, what can you do? It is I, I like it. I'm really enjoying it a lot. Um, it is kind of a lot to keep track of because when you draw cards, you kind of have to make these snap decisions where it's like, okay, I just drew a spire. Is my party going to benefit more from using this spire right now, or should I burn it and get a buff towards whatever my next random buff be, is going to be, which may just be another spire, but maybe it's going to be a bowl and that'll like I can throw that on the tank and it'll keep the tank alive for a little bit longer or. Maybe it'll be Ewer, and I can cast it on my co-healer, and they'll regen some of their, their mana, or, you know, you can draw a spread of cards and do all this different kind of stuff, you have to, but you have to make these very, very quick decisions under pressure. Um, so I don't know how long I'm going to tolerate that. It's fun right now, but um, I can imagine getting scared off if somebody yells just at me or something later on. Like ba- like yeet it, yeet, like Gambit from X-Men. <laughs> it's funny you say that because the auto attack for astrologian is them just like throwing the cards <laughs> and it's really fucking funny so in palace of the dead if i when we did that one round of palace of the dead and i kept getting hit with the binding um trap and couldn't use any of my skills i was just fucking throwing cards <laughs> at people like gambit <laughs> you're just like yeet this bitch empty yeet! no i like it it's a lot of fun it's more complex than white mage but not as complex as scholar i scholar had a lot of micromanaging that i'm just not a fan of uh with between the fairy and also um scholars equivalent skills to astrologian and white mage are extremely expensive mana wise compared Mm -hmm. to the other two healers um, which is a little weird. I guess maybe they wanted you to rely more on Celine and uh, Eos, but for someone who's not used to that and doesn't like the micromanaging, it was really frustrating. So I like Astrologian better. Mm. It's kind of the best of both worlds, because people always say the White Mage is boring and they don't. Ha- it doesn't have a lot going on, and I guess that's true. I just really like it anyway. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, that's my that's my healer adventures. I also uh, put a lot of time into the um, Hildebrand Manderville quests. I I did all of the Realm Reborn ones, and then I did like two of the Heavensward ones, and I kind of got bored and wandered away because they they were just like packed with cutscenes. Um, but recently they added a new set, and first of all, I found out that they add the dance emote, the Manderville Mambo, as a mm. reward for completing the quests. And then I also found out that the new set of quests has a new primal fight, Yojimbo. And I've talked about summons that I like a little bit in the past. Yojimbo is one of my favorite summons. I didn't really like Final Fantasy X that much, but I did really like Yojimbo. Um, So I was really excited to see him in this. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But... um, I'm going to spoil the hell out of those quests, by the way, later. But I, so I kind of rushed to get to this fight and to this dance emote. As soon as I got it, I was like, Jesse, where are you? I need to show off my new dance. <laughs> it's the one where I do the moonwalk and like the jazz hands and everything. It's, it's like funny. The, it gets funnier the longer it goes on. It's great. I love it so much. Um, and then the only other thing that I've done 
like this entire week is that I spent multiple hours cutting out little foam scales and gluing them onto the Aura horns that I made like 8,000 years ago. Um, and Google Docs, why did you sign me out? Why did you do this? Google Docs, I, how dare you? Google Docs, how fucking dare you? But um, <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, I've spent like hours cutting them out and hot gluing them onto the horns and kind of starting at the tip and working my way backwards because it starts out with smaller scales and kind of moves down and just, it's been a lot of work. Uh, it's kind of relaxing in a way. It's all just the same pattern over and over again. Um, I am getting close to getting those done and then I'll just paint, I'll paint them obviously, attach them to my wig. I need to make the face scales and I need to make the arm scales. Um, Pretty much regardless of how that goes, like, the costume's wearable at this point. I need to finish the gloves, but, like, um, if I don't have my Aura stuff done, I'll just be a human songbird. Not that big of a deal. Um, so, but, I don't know. It's, I kind of was, like, putting this off for a long time, because I thought I was going to hate it, but I don't. I was just, I'm just lazy. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, now that I'm signed back into my Google Docs again, uh, that's the end of my pre-salt. Um, so first bit of my pre-salt is maybe the Hugo Awards were the fanfics we wrote along the way. Um, so AO3 as a whole site, including its code and all of the content thereon, was nominated for a Hugo Award, making everybody who has a fic on there technically, in like one of those ways that's like barely technically, a Hugo Award nominee. So congrats to us. Um, congrats to my dark web OTP, but lesbians, very specific fetish kink-like fic, Congratulations, you are nominated for a Hugo Award. Uh, <laughs> I would also like to say congratulations to Lindsay Ellis oh, yeah. for her Hobbit videos uh, being nominated as a transformative work. So, yeah, that's cool. It was dope. Um, so- By the way, if you haven't seen that documentary, it's um, The Hobbit, a, a documentary in three acts, a two-part documentary in three acts or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's really good. And you should all check it out. It's a great It'll series. It'll make you sad, though. It will. Yeah. But it's really well done. But it's super well done. But afterwards, I was like, I I need I need something delicious. <laughs> um, so congratulations, everyone. We did it. Um, my second piece of pre-salt is that uh, Chris and Jeremy have a new podcast that I thought was a joke, but it's not. Um, how could you release something on April Fool's and then not expect people to be like, haha, nice joke. That was joke. part of the joke. Yeah, I get it, but like, then he's, then I'm like messaging him and, and he's like, please, everyone, everyone, it's not a joke. Um, it's, uh, and I, I have the first month of the episodes. I, I feel like, what do you, like, advanced readers copy of, um, some of the episodes and they've been really good and hilarious and I don't know what they're gonna do when they get to the more benign asinine fucking emojis that no one ever uses um good fucking luck what I do want to know uh Chris and Jeremy are which emojis which emojis fuck like which emojis fuck um that's that's what I want to know um thank you for uh (laughs) 
for listening to this. It's, 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 uh, I've been having some issues with, like, health and stress, and, like, I, SAC anime got moved to June, which has fucked up my whole shit, and so I have to re, like, I mean, like, I knew that when I, well, I didn't know that when I applied for it, but, um, it, it did get moved to June, so now I have to, like, reorganize my life, um, with, like, all the submissions I have to read, for the magazine and then like getting all my stuff done and then also getting the stuff done for Patreon for April. So I'm a little overwhelmed and then I had some health issues. Um, but I really appreciated it. Gave me an endorphin. So, you know, you can go ahead, check it out. It's called thinking face, right? Thinking emoji. I think thinking, thinking emoji. Is it called thinking emoji? I think so. I think it's called thinking face emoji. I think the whole thing is in there. I, I'm i going to look up Jeremy's profile. We're going to find out. <laughs> thinking face. A monster of the week production. Thinking face, the emoji review podcast. That's what it is. Yes. So You were right. Check it out. Um, I didn't know Chris's voice sounds like that. And... and- <laughs> What I'm going to leave that as vague as possible. Um, <laughs> and now, for the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> the moment where Kay finally murders me. On- <laughs> um, uh, like, Kay can't murder me. It would be bad form because she's a professional. Um, however, I found something bad, and so I'm going to share it with you all. Um, and I... I, I was like, should I share this? And then, like, you know, I said this to my podcast mates, to which Kay responded with, I hate this. But then I was like, hey, Jake, do you think you could do some fun editing with this? So we'll see what happens. Uh, so they're, I think they have to be, like, role-playing blogs. Because one of them is at alpha underscore Harry underscore. And the other one is at omega underscore Zane. Is that how you say his name? I'm not a One Direction fan, so I don't... I don't know the ins and outs of One Direction. Zane, Zane Malik, yeah. That's oh, okay. Um, so uh, I I do know my way around some alpha, beta, omega fan fiction tropes, though. So I saw so a person <laughs> was made a post about these and collected them all together so that I could read them for you. Um, God, these are from 2013. I didn't realize that when I found them. <laughs> wild wild west (laughs) it surely was um so uh i that i would like to know um some of these have like ways i should say stuff some of them have things in um like asterisks like smirks and looks you up and down i'll have to read those out loud but some of them are like uh whimpers and moves closer i guess i'll just have to read these out loud but yeah, I guess you will. <laughs> the the whispers and the mumble, I'll just try to, like, do it. Um, I'm also going to try and do a fake British accent, so I'm sorry all, to all of the UK at once. Um, so, I don't know how... I. So, I guess I'll just... Harry. Um, just so you know, Harry is the at alpha underscore Harry underscore, as you know. And, of course, Zane is at omega underscore Zane. <clears throat>
in association with the Salt Report Podcast. You are now listening to a Filthy Wizard production. The Alpha and Omega. Performed by Filthy Wizard. Harry. <laughs> Just an alpha looking for his omega. Zane. Uh, alpha? Harry smirks and looks you up and down. Zane blushes and bows my head. <laughs> Hello, alpha. <laughs> Harry smirks and looks into your eyes. My god. Zane <laughs> blushes. What? What? M- my Omega, that that was Harry. <clears throat> Zane, m- me looks into your eyes. I'm gonna hold on. This. <laughs> um, Harry takes your chin and tilts at your head, smelling your neck, growling and nodding. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> Zane whimpers and moves closer. Yours, Alpha. Harry smiles. What's your name? Bites my lip. Zane. (coughs) Harry. Harry. (laughs) Zane. Beautiful. (laughs) That's it. That's the whole thing. I hate it. Beautiful. My... (laughs) Okay, one of the reaction in- images is just the person dialing Thanos' number and <laughs> waiting on the phone. <laughs> and my other favorite one is Jesus will remember that. Oh, I'm sweating. That one from a father. It's just like, everyone disliked that. <laughs> I'm like, my face is on fire and I'm sweating. I had to practice it last night to to see if I could even get it out of my mouth. <laughs> I, my friend has never heard of Alpha, Beta, Omega. Um, uh, maybe because she's just old. Um, but like, I love her. Don't. I'm older than you and I still. <laughs> well, she's, you know, in her thirties. And like, I think some of our older people wouldn't know except for that they happen to be on podcasts or listen to podcasts. About Supernatural. Yeah. And so they know all about nodding and slick. Because I tried to make a joke about slick and she's like, what is slick? And I'm like, oh, you sweet summer child. You, <laughs> you don't know about self-lubricating assholes. Sorry, I had to take a sip of Diet Coke to cool down. Um, <laughs> so I thought, you know, it's been it's been a while. I thought you all, you would all appreciate that because, as you know, I was like, I found something terrible. I'm gonna read it on the podcast. Appreciate it. Is that the <laughs> word that you would use? <laughs> of course, it's the word I would use. You know, like you're having a hard time. The only thing that can keep you warm at night is a um. A, Big aggressive alpha Harry Styles question. Why is it always One Direction? <laughs> I don't think 
anybody in One Direction would qualify as, like, a stereotypical fanfiction alpha, unless you're going for, like, those those fics where they're, like, trying to invert the tropes. So, like, the twink is the alpha. Bet you didn't see that coming. Um, wow. I... I'm glad yeah, I've exposed this much about myself. I mean, it's in keeping with the theme because Hugo Awards, AO3, the arguably the home of Alpha, Beta, Omega's like real renaissance, like beginnings. Um, and like recently there was that lawsuit because that person wrote a book using Alpha, Beta, Omega dynamics and then pretended they made it up, which was wild. Forgot about that. <laughs> burned into my mind i was like um i have some questions like it's fucking bold of you to go out there and first of all write like something that you're gonna publish in the actual wild and have it be alpha beta omega but then yeah, to, like for real like bold of you to claim this <laughs> the most embarrassing fan fiction trope of all time as your own to the point where you're willing to sue over it like I just well no they got sued well yes I guess somebody's claiming that they invented it I it was yeah that's what I mean you you decided that it was a good idea to go in front of some old ass judge and explain alpha beta omega dynamics and how they should you should have exclusive dominion over that as intellectual property some old ass judge is gonna have to sit in a courtroom (laughs) and listen to this Like, I guess you could try to make it as vague as possible about, like, secondary sex. Oh, trust me. (laughs) They won't. (laughs) Like, I don't know if they can talk about nodding in front of a judge, like. Well, maybe not that, but, like. (laughs) It's like. There's not going to be any question that it's a sex thing. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely a sex thing. Uh, um, You just. Depending on where the lawsuit's happening, that's going to be bad enough. (laughs) I, uh, I just. This is. Yeah, I that's wild to me. Like, I don't know that I could be that person. I wrote a really embarrassing um, verse that I sent to Jake um, because I didn't want to tweet it. But now I'm thinking, you know, I'm already in here. Um, but I'll just read it. I won't try to wrap it. I, but it, in theory, when I was in the shower, this was a piece of pure art. And now in the light of day, like... I know my You're sins, like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was supposed to be like part of a rap from the point of view of an alpha to which I wrote the lines, bring your omegas round me. They gonna call them raging waters, got them dripping I- with slick and begging to bear my daughters. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, you know... They called, uh, what is Lin-Manuel, the, the creator of Hamilton? Yes. Yes. They called him the Shakespeare of our time. But I think I'm over here with some fierce competition just putting that out there. <laughs> and that's my <laughs> All right, well, then we'll move into the salt.
with an addendum to my lengthy rant last week about the Vieira slash Hrothgar uh, gender lock thing. Um, so this like YouTuber, Final Fantasy fourteen YouTuber named Mr. Happy, um, actually managed to get like a sit down interview with Naoki Yoshida um, at FanFest Japan and asked him a couple of questions and he asked about this and Yoshida kind of like explained a little bit more their reasoning behind it. I'm just, I'll just read it. Um, so basically, um, Mr. Happy was like, many Western players were surprised when it was revealed that Hrothgar and Viera would not have both genders available, after, especially after the efforts the team went through to provide more options with Mikote and Rogadin in 2.0. Why did the team decide to do two different races with one gender each instead of one race with both genders? Um, and so he basically... What he said, okay, answer. The timing of the game launch, the races needed to have each gender counterpart for A Realm Reborn. When I took over for A Realm Reborn, I wanted to fill the missing gender to make those races seem complete. What is different now compared to then, after multiple expansions, the situation isn't the same as when we released the base game. Um, my answer will be quite long. This game has been launched for six years currently. It has tens of thousands of armors available. We have to make sure every race can use every outfit correctly. The more unique the appearance of the race, the more difficult these adjustments are to make. When we create one gear, we have to make adjustments so that it fits all these different races. So when we add new races, um, we have to adjust how to approach this process. The development cost for making a new race is very intense because of how much work we put into the graphics of the game. We also have to make sure these things all work properly. That's why we are saying these may be the last races because of how taxing it is on the development team. We wanted to give the players more options and freedom to choose more races. We envisioned adding a new race, but people really wanted the Viera to play in-game. So if we add another new race that isn't Viera, people might wonder why we didn't do Viera, so we had to add them for sure. We had a big discussion back when we added Elrod in Heavensward about whether to add Elrod or Viera. We knew we only had female Viera for reference, so we had no idea what to do for the male variant. We would have to use our own imagination for that. There's fear about how we might approach that. Perhaps an Elizabeth body with a Mikote face and bunny ears. Would that be the right way to add this race to the game? Um, when we create a fantasy game, especially for Final Fantasy XIV, we have a good variety of races. We don't really need any more cute or sweet-looking characters because we have so many as it is. Especially for Final Fantasy XIV, we have such symbols of power or strength such as Highlander and the Rogadins. We wanted something more animal-like. It's not that we wanted to create a Wild West of characters, but we do need a good variety. So the simple answer is, Viera was sought after, so we had to add those. To expand the game and its options, we also wanted to add Hrothgar. Um, and then he asked, as a follow-up, is the team considering adding the other genders for these two races in future expansion? And basically he says, we don't know yet. Um, I'm trying to, kind of trying to go through. I probably should have read this again before we started recording, but I didn't think about that. Um, but, I mean, the, the general gist of the answer is, like, I can't say for sure right now, so I'm not going to answer that. Um, yeah. He did ask, like, what's the general feedback from North America? And um, Mr. Happy responded, it's been a heated topic, and some players are okay, while many are really upset about the gender locking, and many are disappointed about no male Vieira, but with the female Hrothgar, I've seen a lot of people be even more upset because in the first shard they're called Ronzo, and in Final Fantasy X there's plenty of female Ronzo. And yeah. he's like, And he's like, thanks, we've been kind of putting together all the feedback, and we'll, you know, see where it goes from there. Um, he 
was pretty surprised also about the dancer that people were he was like people were like why did you decide to do a dps he's like what was the like why was the why did the community think it was going to be a healer and he's like well because we, we don't have like, to a healer for yeah. the new expansion and because he, he or it was a healer in 11 and I mean, it was kind of the same answer. Like we want, they wanted to balance the range DPS, and I still don't agree with that, and I still don't understand it. But um, you know, it's it is what it is. And like as far as the um, gender lock stuff goes, it's I mean, it's a valid concern. Concern like his point about it being really taxing on the development team is true, and I've always known that, and I kind of made that point with the whole feet issue for Vieira last week. Yeah, um, It's still, to me, it kind of feels like his answer is confirming that they were too ambitious and ran out of resources. Yeah. Um, and I, people were going to be disappointed anyway. It kind of feels like he was, a, he, like, they were, the development team was worried that if they didn't do Vieira, the people who wanted Vieira would be disappointed. And But if they only did Vieira then the people who wanted a more beastly race would be disappointed. So instead they decided to disappoint everyone. <laughs> Everybody's equally disappointed in this now, case. Now everyone's unhappy. <laughs> like, I so mean, I don't, like, I, I get, it's a good, it's, I get what he's going for with this. I just don't know if I would have made the same decision, but maybe that's why I'm not in game development. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, it's, it's you, what's that thing? It's like it's better to whole ass one thing than half ass two things, though. Yeah, and it does feel like, especially like I don't know when you compare the Hrothgar trailer to the trailer they released for the female Viera. Like the female Viera are beautiful and perfect and have these really nice, interesting faces, and their hair looks great. And then the Hrothgar looked so awkward and lazy and half-finished, and I yeah. just... Is it like... God, it was not good. And, you know, he was he made that joke kind of about do we give the male Vera an Ella's in body and a Mikote face and bunny ears? Well, yeah, why don't you? Yeah, because this is basically <laughs> just like an Ella's in... This is just like a Ella's in lady or like a lady lady with like a funky nose and bunny ears. Like, there you go. Yeah. That's what they are. Like, that's what they were always going to be. Yeah, so, like, I don't I'm, see I'm what the sure, problem is. I'm pretty sure the male Aura are also based off the Elizabeth model. Yeah. And the female Aura are probably based off the Mikote model. I I seem to remember reading somewhere that uh, Yugiri, when she first appeared in the post-Realm Reborn quest, um, before they had her character model finished, because she was wearing a mask, for the entirety of those quests. Yeah. You could just see like her tail and her horns poking out of it. Um, apparently she had a custom Mikote model underneath that mask. Hmm. So it, that's probably what they used when they created the Aura. Um, so I like, yeah, why don't you just mix those things together for the male Viera <laughs> instead of taxing your development team to make this really weird and different race that doesn't look good. Yeah. Oh God, this is, it's so weird. Like, I don't know. It's not even a bad idea. Like, Ronso are cool. Yeah. But then they just kind of, like, fucked it up somehow. I don't know. Maybe it'll look better when they finally, like, release it in-game. Maybe, like, it was kind of rough in the trailer, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Um, no. Hashtag alpha footage, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I 
moving on from that, I am going to spoil the um, Hildebrand Manderville quests. So if you care about those, you might want to like skip ahead five minutes or so. Um, I said in the pre-salt that I love Yojimbo. Uh, Yojimbo appears very briefly in a different part of Final Fantasy XIV. He appears as the final boss of Kugane Castle. And for those of you who aren't familiar with him from Final Fantasy X, where he's a summon, he's different from the other summons in that... So, like, you know, you, you summon Shiva or whoever, and she does her attack um, and leaves, or you dismiss her or whatever. Um, Yojimbo, when, you, when he comes in, your options are pay or dismiss. And you he will ask for some exorbitant sum of gil. It's usually hundreds of thousands, if I remember correctly, and you can haggle with him. And... He will do an attack based on how much he likes Yuna and how much you pay him. If you undercut him too much, he'll kind of shake his head and just have his dog attack, which is a really weak attack. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you pay him a little bit more, he might throw some knives. If you pay him, pay him a pretty good amount, he'll use the Wakizashi. And if he really likes you and you pay him a lot of money, he will use the Zanmato, which is always an instant kill. Mm. Or if it's a boss with multiple phases, it'll instantly carry the boss to the next phase. Um, I liked that in 10. I thought he was kind of an interesting, cool little character. I didn't get to use him very much because he's very expensive. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, he's a mercenary, right? And then and then this is kind of played up in Kugana Castle when he's the boss because he's like, all right, I'm going to use my Zanmato. You better fucking pay me right now or else I'm not going to do anything. And yeah. so the guy, like, because the premise is that, like, whoever owns is residing in Kugane Castle right now has, has hired Yojimbo to get rid of you. Um, and so the guy like throws a bunch of coins on the ground and Yojimbo sends Daigoro, his dog, to go and pick them up. So you have to, you and your party members have to run around the arena picking up these piles of coins. And then if you pick them all up or if you pick up enough of them, Yojimbo will do less damage because he didn't get paid enough. And then when you beat him, he's like, all right, I earned my keep. And he just leaves. Yeah. Um, and the, the guy who hired him is like, kill me um that seems to be um the the final fantasy thing where like in in 14 at least where somebody hired like some small dude hired like a big ass dude or a bunch of other dudes to fight you and then you fight Um, them and then they're like no don't hurt me i do definitely have a certain fondness for the kind of character whose only loyalty is to the coin as well yeah so that might be why i like uh yojimbo so much um but he appears again in the Hildebrand quests um, in a really funny scene <laughs> where um, like, they're, they're, you're trying to go like undercover to find this sword to protect it from the, the wolf burglar. And um, so Nashu, Hildebrand's cute female Mikote assistant, goes in and they're like, oh, good, another, another geisha. Uh, come, please sit at the table. And she starts eating all their food. Um, and then... Hildebrand comes in and he's like painted his face with horrible stereotypical geisha makeup, but that's like his only disguise is that and a kimono. And like <laughs> Hildebrand Manderville is like a, a manly man. He's super buff and he's got like pretty intense facial hair. So like the guys at the table are like, Hey man, um, no judgment, but like um, we didn't, we didn't ask for for this sort of thing. Um, but then Yojimbo's sitting in the corner and he's like, she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, 
Hildebrand does his Hildebrand thing, and Yojimbo's like, I feel so conflicted right now. <laughs> <laughs> the some like it hot principle. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then he kind of joins up with you. you. The sword gets stolen. You go back and find it. And he's like, oh, um, I'm supposed to be going back to Kugane anyway, so I'll just bring the sword back while I'm at it. And you're like, cool, thanks, Yojimbo. And then you go back to Kugane, and they're like, so where's the sword? And like, and <laughs> Hildebrand's like, I gave it to Jim, and he said he was going to give it back. And because he always he calls Yojimbo Jim and he calls Gilgamesh Greg, he can never get anybody's names right. Um, and they're like, well, he never showed up, so where's the sword? Um, and so that's your cue to go go fight Yojimbo. Um, that fight's fucking hard. It's been in the game for a week, so nobody knows how to do it properly. And it's that's kind of interesting in a way because it's like you can kind of see people developing strategies real time. Um, and there's, there's a bit with some chains that I think eventually the strategy is going to be to stack the healers and tanks because it always targets the healers and tanks. So if you stack them up, then all the DPS can go on one location and just burn them down. Um, but then it turns out, spoiler, this is where the spoilers really come in. It turns out that it's not Yojimbo, it's Gilgamesh dressed as Yojimbo. And you just fight him for the third fucking time in this set of quests. And I'm just like, okay, I guess. And it was also Gilgamesh, apparently, in Kugane Castle. And I'm just like, oh, hmm. But I already fought Gilgamesh twice. So can I I'd rather have Yojimbo, please? <laughs> I don't know. I was sad about it. It's not like the reveal's done poorly. The reveal's actually pretty funny. Um, but I was yeah, pissed about it. Yeah, but it's it not Yojimbo. Favorite... It's not my favorite summon! I want my summon. <laughs> it's knock off Yojimbo. Just Gilgamesh again, like you were expecting I, Yojimbo, but no, but it's me, Gilgamesh. <laughs> Gilgamesh. <laughs> I do like Gilgamesh in this game. I don't want to like talk shit about him. He's pretty funny. Um, they did have a they did have a joke because Gilgamesh is like is he's a big dude, right? Like yeah, just wide in every angle, and um. Hildebrand's like, how did she get that nice, thin waist? Because Yojimbo's, like, really top-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gilgamesh was just like, I was really hungry. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> There's a joke where he's like, "I because, co- I, like, when you first meet Gilgamesh, he's like, I'm Gilgamesh, and this is Enkidu, and he like, kind of gestures to this green chicken. And he's like, well, it's not really Enkidu, uh, but I really I missed Enkidu, so I... I, I um, captured this rooster and I painted him green and I'm calling him Enkidu. Um, and so there is like a joke in this set where he uh, was like, I was so hungry that I killed and ate Enkidu and I, <laughs> I, I feel really feel really guilty about it. And I found this dog and that's how he has Daigoro with him. Um, but then it turns out he didn't actually eat Enkidu and so he's like, well then what did I eat? Oh my <laughs> god! So and they don't answer any of them. Like, they, just, they just like abruptly move on to the next bit. Um, their the, the the adventures of Hildebrand Menderville will continue in Shadowbringers. So um, looking forward to that because like what the fuck? <laughs> I have so many questions. But yeah, I'm just that's that was it. Is that I'm I'm sad because um, Yojimbo. They made me think Yojimbo was in the game and then he wasn't, and now I'm. 
pissed about it because I love Yojimbo so much. But um, the, that's the end of the spoilers, by the way, if you want to tune back in. Um, the last thing I wanted to address is, a, is an argument that I've seen a lot um, in regards to FromSoft games. Um, and it's now resurfacing because of Sekiro, which is the easy mode argument. And it's kind of tricky. Jesse and I were kind of talking about this a little bit off the air. But basically, the argument is that Sekiro and other notoriously difficult games need an easy mode. Um, the counter argument to that is that, well, this is the experience that the developers wanted to create... And if it's not for you, then it's not for you. Like, yeah, tough titties, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, unfortunately, this tends to devolve into um, Sekiro. Need like all games need to cater to me personally versus get good scrub lord. And yeah. both of those arguments are awful. <laughs> yeah, because I because um, I like respect the I respect the um, the developer's choice to make this the experience. And I know this about from soft games. Um, I know what to expect from them. And I knew when this game was going to drop, my interest in it was going to be dependent on how other people reacted to it, especially people who are like from soft veterans, because they would know how hard it is to play this game. And I, and hearing everyone's responses, I'm like, this is too hard for me. And so yeah. I'll just watch playthroughs. That's, that's sound, it. From the sounds of it, it seems like Sekiro actually might benefit a little bit from maybe more dynamic difficulty the way that Resident Evil 4 does it, mm-hmm. where, um, or Final Fantasy XIV does it, where the more times you fail, the less hostile it gets to you, and it starts to give you little concessions where it might not otherwise. Yeah. Um, because Jeremy in particular had a short tweet, like to-be-continued tweet chain mm-hmm. today, where he was saying that, you know, this game's good, but it has made some decisions that are outright hostile towards players. Yeah. Um, there is such a thing as too difficult. So, yeah. and I am sympathetic to people who um, feel like they're being left out of an experience because the game isn't for them. Um, and I mean, it's not even just difficult. Like, I don't I don't like first-person shooters. Yeah. Um, and so I don't really play them very often. Also, like... I don't have VR and VR kind of makes me nauseous. Mm -hmm. So I'm left out of games like Deracine and um, until dawn rush of blood and super hot. And like a lot of, I know super hot is a non VR version, but as far as I know, it's not on PS4 yet. So I'm left out of a lot of those games and that sucks. And I don't like that, but I also understand that like, those games just kind of aren't made for me, and people enjoy them the way that they are. Yeah. And they don't need to cater to me, because plenty of other people have bought them. So, like, who the fuck am I, right? Yeah. But um, I also think that there's a conversation to be had with the kind of difficulty in some of these games, because there's, like I said, there is such thing as too hard, there are ways that a game can be hard that is unfair or hostile or just not really a good idea. I think it's okay to have that conversation. And I don't like all the people coming in and being like, get good, get good, get good. Like, no, yeah. you get good. You get good at arguing. Yeah, Get a better argument. Then get good. And- Especially since for, like, it doesn't help anyone to get good. And also, I spent $60 on this game. I 
and like to play a game. If I wanted to do something hard, I'd go do advanced trigonometry. Like there's there's yeah. a balance, I think. I think doing something there've been many good video essays on why why people play from soft games specifically, um, even though they have a notorious like history with being difficult and like is it just the difficulty that makes them like fun or is it something else and in my opinion it's a combination of challenges with other aspects of the game not just something being hard for the sake of being hard and i feel like they started to kind of go down the hard for the sake of hard path with starting with dark souls 3 like i didn't I played the base game of Dark Souls 3. I didn't really get very far into the DLC because it started to feel like it was getting a little cheap. They would have sections with just just tons of enemies that were very difficult to deal with. You would get ambushed by them. and Or bosses that just had absurd health, health bars mm. or phases. And you may argue that actually it is fair and I'm wrong, but the basic principle of what I'm getting down to here is that it just got to a point where it wasn't for me anymore and I didn't like it. It didn't feel fair. And so I quit playing and I'm kind of on the fence with Sekiro because of this, because it sounds like it could go either way where either I'm going to think it's too hard and I don't want to spend my, my my patience for difficulty is wearing thin as I get older. So I don't know if I'm going to be, have the patience for Sekiro, but I also want to try it out because I'm, feel like I'm being left out of the conversation on this game. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just not helpful to be screaming, get good in people's faces all the time. I think like, another thing too, is the, the reason people are getting really aggressive too, with the people who are like, there is a sense of entitlement by saying like, you should make you, they, people should respect the players by making an easy mode. Like maybe that's not the vision they had for this game, but, um, But, like, also, it's become a conversation where people are bringing up issues of accessibility in games. Except Sekiro does have accessibility functions for, like, disability issues. Like, there are ways to remap your controller if you have disability issues. And people with disabilities, like, so far, the response on Twitter has been, don't bring us into your, like, inability to play this game. Don't bring us into your petty gamer bullshit. Yeah, Yeah, like... That is is the primary issue, is that abled people are being like, but what about disabled gamers? And then disabled gamers are like, what about disabled gamers, Susan? What yeah. about us? Yeah, like, so <laughs> they were like, well, I beat the game, so I don't know what your problem is, sir. Like, I... Yeah. I, and I do think yeah. accessibility is a very separate argument from difficulty. I think that all games should have accessibility options for colorblindness, for the hard of hearing, for controller remapping, like... All of those things, the games should always have subtitles. Like, all of those things should be in games. That's a very different argument from whether or not a game should have an easy mode. Because just because a person has a disability doesn't mean that they can't handle difficulty. Yeah. That all comes down to personal preference, no matter your level of ability. So, don't do that, basically. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't, abil- don't ability splain. How about we use that word? 
Um, I think I, I think I've covered all the points I need. It's just like, I don't know. It's a really frustrating argument and it keeps coming up again and again and again. Um, in relation to FromSoft games. Um, so I'm just, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired in general. Does is. And that's, that's my salt. And what did you send me? Something awful. So my friend is sitting next to me messaging me, and I'm sorry, it's horribly unprofessional, but I feel like this is the kind of content that the salt report um, luxuriates in. But. <laughs> The saddest thing is that because I actually read Reddit occasionally, I already knew about this. Yeah, this Reddit post that is going to haunt me while I'm trying to sleep tonight, um, that uh, at 56 Ghost Ship brought up. The other night on Reddit, I read about this guy who ate the meat from his amputated leg car accident in a taco because the hospital let him take his leg home. And apparently the taste was comparable to bacon. Now, no, I... That sounds fake to me. Yeah. I cannot imagine a, a hospital, hospital letting him let take his bring your, leg your home. severed leg home. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no fucking... Well, I have... They let you... I have known people who have been able to bring other things home. Well, like being a okay, I I know you're thinking about placenta. No, that's a way no, different like thing. Organs, <laughs> like stuff that used to be inside of them. Yeah, placenta used to be inside of a person. Oh, well, at some yes, point. of course. I I've touched a human placenta. That's different. But like this, this is like other stuff that's not supposed to come home with you. No, this reeks of being fake. But the other thing is, is that now I'm gonna have to live with this image of like leg taco. Like it, it's not, it's not so much the like idea of whether or not it's real it's that my my brain just imagined a leg made of ground beef like that's that's bless you that's what my brain did it was like you know like when people do like halloween displays for like tables and stuff it was just a full-on like leg full-on rocky horror yeah (laughs) full-on rocky horror like somebody put a shoe on it and was like a bone apple tit like (laughs) Bone aped it. <laughs> I, sorry, t- like just to break up this conversation about serious issues with people arguing about video games. Also that, um, and yeah, I, I mean, I probably deserve this after all the terrible stuff I send my friends. Um, so that's fair. Um, yeah. Was that the end of your salt? That was the end of my salt. Okay. Um, I'm gonna talk about. You you missed my reading, my dramatic <laughs> reading. Um, uh, however, I am going to talk about the doctor's office TM. So I, <laughs> I like I've been having this infection in my pinky for a while now. It started. I went and got a manicure. I think I talked about this on the podcast before yes. for my birthday from a gift from my sister. And I got an infection in my fingers and then I took antibiotics and it went away. But then my pinky started swelling again and I was like, what the fuck? And my first finger on my right hand started having issues. Although I think that's related to carpal tunnel, unfortunately. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but so my pinky starts swelling and itching like crazy and throbbing and getting hot. And I'm like, fuck so i go back to the doctor and like essentially they're like take these antibiotics so i'm taking the antibiotics again and they don't seem to be doing anything so i'm like well fuck and then i had enough time in between 
starting to take the antibiotics and then not being able to go to the doctor because it was the weekend and being able to get an appointment at the doctor to have several panic attacks and consulted Dr. Google, who told me um, that my finger... No! Yeah, like, like, uh, I have diseases, I have diabetes, like, the other thing was herpes. There were, like, several things. I was like, my, my, I'm doomed to a life of depression and sorrow because my finger is swollen um foolish but whatever so I go back to the hospital and I've been having panic attacks for like a whole weekend like to the point where like I couldn't even breathe the other day I was just sitting on my floor like this is how I die so I get to the hospital and the doctor is like um hold on and then he just like presses on it and when I say press I mean like he puts on gloves and like squeezes it and he's like trying to pop it like a zit okay and there's no head to it or anything it's just like a swollen pinky so he's trying to push like anything out of it up through the nail and I'm and he's like does that hurt and I'm like yeah yeah sure fucking does um but like it's one of those things like what am I supposed to do so instead of like crying my body just gets real hot I don't know if this happens to anybody but it's like like you're just in shock essentially so he started to squeeze it out and then I have I want to mention that I have class on this day that I'm there so like I I have things to do and he's like well what I can do is um, numb your pinky and cut it open. And at first he says this, like, okay, well, it's, this is probably something he shouldn't have to do. Like, maybe I should just finish the antibiotics and see what I can do. And then he's like, which sucks because I have to take a needle and put it, like, and he points to the webbing of my finger and, like, pulls on He's like, in here, and then a needle in here on the other side of my pinky. And then he's like, and then I have to let it numb, and then it'll be numb for a really long time. And then I take a scalpel and slice this thing open, and then I try to push stuff out of it. He's like, probably a couple of drops of pus will come out of it, but it'll feel a lot better, right? And I'm like, I have class today. And he, and like, my, I immediately, my fight or flight response is activated because like, I don't want to be there with that. Um, so he, but then he really excitedly is like, it's not that bad, you know, like the needles will be bad, but like the actual, you won't even feel the cutting open. You won't feel anything because your pinky will be numb for a while. And I'm like, sir, I don't know if I can do this today. And he gets like sad and he's like, well, I guess you can come back later this week if you want. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, but I have class. And he's like, yeah, I don't get to do this very often. And I'm like, sir, <laughs> like, I don't want to do this at all. Like, ah, uh, right. And, um, he even admits that the pink, the, the needle into the webbing of my finger is going to be like really bad feeling. Um, so at the, so while I'm there, that I'm, lidocaine doesn't feel good. No. Um, so while I'm there, I like, I was like, I should probably get some, um, like, like, look for other stuff, so, like, blood work done, and while I'm getting my blood work done, I was, like, I might as well, um, get tested for STDs, because it had been a while, and, um, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I always, like, I always tell people to get tested, so I should probably fucking do that, um, so I go to the, to the, like, what, the clinic, which is just right around the corner from the other part of, um, the hospital, like, the testing facility area, um, with the phlebotomists and the cup I had to pee in, um, which is always a nightmare. Peeing into a cup is never a good experience. Um, I don't know if 
humans who have a different setup than me have an easier time, but, like, it's, like, the ultimate aim game, um, and, like, there's always nowhere- Better position it just right. Right, you know, just, like, my friend is looking at me, like, I, she's got perfect P-aim, like- I hate this. No, you, like, you, I, bro, and there's always nowhere to put the, like, the, because, you know, they hand you, like, a bag and, like, another bag. There's always, like, nowhere to put that, and then, like, I, like, my bag fell into the sink, and I'm, like, they're gonna think I peed on the bag, but I didn't. I don't, I, they're gonna think I spilled pee all over this bag. I didn't do it, I promise. There was so much going on, and so I'm, like, sweating, but I get into the, to the phlebotomist office, and this really super, super nice lady working at the front desk, who, um, because every time I go to get blood drawn, I'm, like, my essence, and I'm, like, (laughs) terrified, and I start turning pale multiple times. People have asked me if I'm gonna faint, um, I don't like it. So I don't like it. And uh, so they put me in there and usually the like phlebotomist comes right up and brings the stuff over. But I have to wait and I'm waiting for like minutes and I'm seeing blood go by. And like if I look to the left, I see someone getting drawn, their their blood drawn and I like suddenly feel like I'm going to faint. So I turn back around so that I'm facing forward and the guy's like holding like five vials of blood and like swinging them around. I'm like, ah. and I see my, I see my, uh, my insurance card on the little table in front of me and I want to just grab it and fucking like bloodborne panic roll out of there. <laughs> um, and so I, I'm like sitting in there and finally the guy saunters over and he like slaps his hands together and rubs them. He's like, Hey, right. And I'm like, hello. And he's like, how are you today? And I'm like, fine. How are you? Right. And he, and he's like, good. What's your name? Because he has to look at the name on the, like, card. And I'm like, oh, it's Jesse. And then I say my last name. He's like, all right. Hands me, like, a bunch of stuff. And then he starts asking me about, like, he's like, do you have any, do you want anything else after this? And I'm like, I know he's trying to distract me, right? So I'm like, oh, I got class. And he's like, oh, shit, really? And then he's like, he went to the same school as me and he's telling me about his majors. And he's like, what kind of major do you have? The whole time I'm sweating my balls off. And I'm like, oh, I'm an illustrator, which means nothing to anybody. Um, And I'm like, I like comic books and video games. And he goes, oh, okay. And, but then his, like, tone changes entirely to this, like, weird flirty tone as he continues to talk to me. And I'm like, sir, you are about to take blood from my arm. Like, this is not a situation, like... Like, can we keep this casual? Can we not turn this into, like, oh, shit, getting blood drawn without me situation? I mean, maybe, maybe he was actually trying to be flirty, but sometimes people's customer service voices just sound flirty. Mm, like, it was a different, it was an entirely different voice than the one he had been using previously, if that makes sense. All right, that's fair. Yes, because, yeah. like, I, I was fine with him previously, except for that he seemed like he didn't want to be there. And then suddenly he was very enthusiastically there and it was an, it was an entirely different thing. So whatever. Right. And so I am sweating and I turn away when he goes to stick the needle in and I'm like, oh, you know, like I always think that's going to be worse than it's going to be. And he's like, what if I said I just missed though? And I was like, and he's like, I'm just kidding, I didn't. Not fucking um, funny. I know, and I'm like, sir, like, you just stabbed me, I felt it, my essence is leaving me. And, like, of course he has to, like, take the, you know, band-aid thing, and they have to put it super duper duper tight around your arm, 
the like but I'm allergic to that adhesive. So all I can think is like, how fucking long do I have to keep this on until it, and then I had to go pee. So I had to pee after the blood was already drawn and I was dizzy, which added another level to like the difficulty, like talking about like no longer doing things in easy mode. I had bumped it from easy up into normal. Um, and so I'm like leaving the hospital and I go to get gas and the, at the gas station, the hose had like disconnected And so there was just gas everywhere. And like, my first thought was like, oh, I probably shouldn't get gas if there's gas anywhere. I was like, whatever, I'm too delirious for this. So I just got my gas. But like, I cannot explain to you the weird out of body fucking experience I had at the hospital between the guy, between my doctor being super fucking excited to cut open my finger to like the weird like joke slash change of voice in that man like I definitely preferred the guy who didn't want to be there to the other guy um and then like peeing while I was dizzy and like there being nowhere to put the thing and then I'm like where do I put my pee like I'm just holding it and I'm like why isn't there a cabinet in the bathroom to put the pee like uh it was a big wild time and then the gas station had gas everywhere because I guess someone I actually know somebody who worked at a gas station this happened but like somebody like drove off with the pump still in their car whoops whoops yeah it was a it was a wild morning and it was also pouring rain so there was a lot to unpack it was layers like an onion um yeah that was my weird hospital experience i got a call back from kaiser today about like my results Except for they don't leave messages, so I missed the call, so I guess I'll never know, because I tried to call him back, and it just sent me to, like, the main number, and I was like, guess I'll die, because they just, I'm like, I don't need an advice nurse, I just need someone to forward me to the, to my doctor. It was a wild time. Um, so I don't really know. I'm sure everything's fine. Uh, they stole I'm my sure blood. I'm sure they'll try to call again tomorrow. Um, yeah, you know, and actually, despite the phlebotomist making that joke, he did a really, really, really good job, because there's, like, barely even a bruise there. Like, I can barely even see the, like, hole from where the needle was, so. The last time I went to get my blood drawn, um, I got a student doctor, he was wearing, like, scrubs for a local university, and I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, he's... He's like, okay, do you prefer a right arm or left arm? I'm like, um, right, because I'm left-handed. And so he sits there and he starts tapping on my arm. And what feels like several minutes go by, and he still can't find a vein. And I'm just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> And then he's like, um, can I try your other arm? And I'm like, I guess. Uh... Once he, I mean, he did get it, but there was like a pinch, and I had a horrible bruise the next day. Oh, I mean, the baby's got to learn somehow. It's got to learn somehow. I didn't want it. It was like a we- it was like a weird day. It was a weekend, so there weren't that many people there, and there like probably wasn't anybody else to take my blood. And I was like, he has to learn somehow. And like, I got just shitty like a- veins that are really tiny, so like maybe it's good for him to learn that. And you're like, I just <laughs> wish it wasn't me. Um, yeah, yeah. No, what's funny is like. I had a friend in one of my classes who was a phlebotomist. She was going back to school to, like, do something else, too. Um, And I got this fucking shot in my arm. I think it might have been a flu shot. I don't even remember. But it went horribly wrong. Like, they gave me this shot, and um, it 
like it turned into this huge swollen bruise, which has never happened to me. I've had my flu shot every single year since I was a child. Um, and get your flu shot, kids. Yeah. If you can. Don't get the plague. Um, and it turned into this huge swollen bruise lump thing, and it was sore, and I was freaking out. And uh, she was like, oh, he probably just hit, um, like, a there's, like, I guess an artery or something in there. Um and that it bruised that bad because it just opened and that it would be fine. And she's like, he needed to be more gentle. You can't just go stabbing in like that. She's like, it's fucking unprofessional. <laughs> she's like, I would never do this. My, She's like, my stabs are clean every single time. One stab, that's it. She was so, like, talking. She was so cute talking about, like, um, but essentially she's like, you're going to be fine. I've seen this before. It's just the person who, like, isn't as good at their job as me. And um, which it was just cute. <laughs> Uh, but I really appreciated it. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you're not like actually at work right now, but can I ask you a question? Because I know you're a phlebotomist and that you like also do like um, the, you know, shots and stuff. And she's like, oh yeah, fine. And you ask me a question. Um, so bless her. But also it was pretty funny. Um, there was one thing, speaking of germs, before I go on to my next piece of salt today, I learned about penny liquors which, yeah, the, so, um, like, Victoria-era England is, like, so Victorian-era England, there were, like, these street vendors, usually Italian, selling, like, essentially what was, like, Italian ice, or they call it, like, water, there was also, like, water ice. It's, like, sorbet, but not the same <laughs> texture somewhere. It's, like, a snow cone, but they added the flavor to it before they froze it, and then, like, also, it's, like, sort of softer than a snow cone. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But they would put them in these little, like, these little cups, like, kind of the size of a shot glass. And there would be, like, a scoop in the bottom of the cup. And then you would put, like, a scoop in there. And then the person, you would, like, pay a penny. And the person would hold it out for you. And you'd lick it out of the thing. And then they just, you just give them back the cup and then they just scoop another scoop in there for the next person. Like they didn't clean it. They didn't use a different cup. Everybody licked it out of the same cup from the street vendor. Um, and like, you know, sometimes I'm thinking about, wow, Victoria, like Victorian aid, like diseases spread hella fast. I mean, like, granted, they didn't I wonder have, why. yeah, I'm like, granted, they didn't have the same, like, science behind healthcare and then uh, and then I hear this fucking shit and I'm like you know what I see it I see why this shit happens yeah no that's so gross like eh. <laughs> um so the the next piece of salt is that Kay and I had a fucking bizarro world run of Totor um Totorok. so the, the start of the story is that we decided to do level roulette um and we zone in and Jesse's like where is this and I was like fuck it's Totorok. <laughs> and Jesse's like, no! <laughs> I fucking hate Totorok. Ugh. And so, so, but like, um, I mean, Kay and I can really tell the story together because we were both there. And so the... I was healer. Jesse was tank. I was a tonky. And the, the we got a black mage and a monk, I think. Yes. Who are clearly trying to, like, blow through this baby dungeon. But they also weren't letting me do my fucking job. Like, my job, my one job. I only have one job, guys. And that's to aggro the enemies and keep them away from the team. But I could see the black mage's fucking little... 
pew thing. I don't even know. I was like, I was, so we were running towards the mob and you're ahead and you're just about to like, you haven't pulled the enemies yet, but you're about to. And I see the black mage start casting fire and I'm like, oh, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. No, that's exactly what would fucking happen. And I see it hit the enemy and then they're all like running. And I'm like, Kay is over there. Like our healer is over there. And I'm like, I have to try and pull the enemies. The second a mob was down, they'd start running. They wouldn't try to pick up the Magitech photo cells or anything, which is bad because they're kind of necessary to get through the dungeon. Yeah. And so, like, I would stay behind and grab them, but then they've already aggroed the next pack, and I'm just like, I guess you'll die. Like, <laughs> there was one point where, like, Kay and I, because we, we also kept getting closed out. Like, they'd run so far ahead that we got closed out from behind. by the webs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was one part where, like, the black mage continued to just decide he was going to aggro the enemies, and, and I the was- the monk was doing it, too. Yeah, and so I was just- there was one point where I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to let you kill these. I don't- yeah. I don't even care. We had- so we tore through the web- and Jess is like, I'm just going to let you do it. And so I was, I looked directly at the monk, like I targeted them. And I'm just like, I'm going to let your health get real low. <laughs> like my, venge, my vengeful streak came out. And so our characters are just standing there, like facing the other two, staring at them. I think that monk's health got down to like 120 points um, out of a good like eight or 900. But, and then they killed the mob. Um and just ran off and pulled another one when they only had 350 health. And I'm just like, I'm still not going to heal ya. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? It was such a wild time. I was like, sirs, please. It was just, I was like, listen, I, and like, I'm really trying to practice tanking too. Like, I'm trying to practice keeping aggro. And so it's really frustrating when I get into one of these baby dungeons with just the perfect chance to like, practice yeah, that sort I, I of I kind of wish I had said something like, please slow down. Uh, there's yeah. no guarantee they would have listened, but it was... like. And then we get to the boss, and you're still in the cutscene. Like, I have it set, and I'm guessing these guys did too, uh, so that it'll skip cutscenes I've already seen. Um, and so it, it just, like, instantly skipped the cutscene, and they immediately sprinted forward and pulled the boss before Jesse even, like, managed to skip the cutscene and load into the dungeon, and... Jesse's like, oh, sorry, I had to take a sip. And I'm like, well, we're already fighting the boss. Thanks, DPS. I just, oh, God. Like, I've had some trigger-happy DPS, but this was ridiculous. And, like... I've been the trigger-happy DPS before. Like, I talked about, I think it was in Hawk Manor, I accidentally pulled a mob as Dragoon, and we all died. And I was like, I'm sorry, I just got really excited. (laughs) And then I didn't do it again. It was so wild. And then um, Kay made one snarky remark before they left. What what did you say? Like I said, please remember party awareness or something like that. And then um, they gave me both the player comms instead of Kay, even though Kay kept their asses alive the whole time. I, I withheld my co- player comms out of spite. I, just, I was like, I'm not giving it to either of you because I couldn't give it to Jesse since we partied together. I didn't so, give it to either of them. Either, I just didn't so. give it out. I mean, why would we? Like, why would we? Fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. What the hell? It was so... I actually... I forgot about this until now, but I um, had a <coughs> a dungeon that I went by myself as healer again. And I had a tank that kept doing that. He would, like, 
pull a mob and there'd be like one or two enemies left and he would sprint off and pull the next one and i'm like can we do this one one at a time (laughs) and he was already doing like really big pulls for the dungeon that we were in we were in like god what dungeon was it it was a baby dungeon um but i don't remember which one it might have also been Todorok, actually um Something about fucking thousand maws of Todorok. But fucking yeah, he hate would that dungeon too. I hate that dungeon a lot. But he would just he would wait until there was like one or two mo- like enemies left in a mo- in a huge mob. He was making big poles, like bigger than I normally would for that dungeon. And then just sprint off and get the next one. And I'm just like, my dude, please. Also <laughs> please. that guy was the black mage kept standing in the sad goo. Yeah. I pulled him out of it at one point. I like it was it was during the boss fight and he was standing in the goo and I'm like what are you doing and so I used rescue and pulled him onto the the um platform which is like when it ha- when it when you get rescued it's really disorienting because you suddenly just shoot across the screen like there's no um tether animation there's no kind of like sparkle effect or anything just all of a sudden you're in one spot and then you go shooting across the arena to the next and you're next to the healer all of a sudden and so it's really disorienting um but he seemed to uh understand what was going on and he didn't run back into the goo thankfully yeah but it might have also contributed to my lack of player comms at the end because people don't really like it when you rescue them but i saved I I helped your well, ass. Well, then he so shouldn't have you. been standing in the sadness yeah. goo. That's like, like that time somebody got pissed at me because I rescued them onto Bismarck's back. It's like, why are you booing me? I'm right. I'm right. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the things that people choose to be angry about are so wild to me. It's been a couple of times that people rescued me in Labyrinth of the Ancients when I was about to get hit with Ancient Flare, and I'm just like, thank you, thank you, my savior, thank you. <laughs> Like, my god. Mein Gott. Yeah. Fucking, I, it was a wild, it was a wild time. Like, they gave no shits. Zero. I, Nothing wastes time in that game more than trying to save time, too. Like, I've had so many people that were trying to speedrun dungeons just get us all killed. And, like, over and over and over. It's like... Can we just do this the normal way? Like, you're yeah. just... We could have been done with this 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out to Kay for being uh, an awesome healer. For I was too. very much in the chaotic healer <laughs> mode. Did you die? But did you die? Would you say you're a chaotic healer? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I wish you could see the anger that was on my friend's face just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that was, that was that. That was that a bit of regret. Um, not as much as I'm sure my friend is regretting being my friend right now. Uh, <laughs> um, so the other last piece of salt I have is actually, um, video game related. What do you know? It's it's time. It's time. Was for- the last thing not video game related? Yeah, you know. Um, so I n- n- like um, you know the solidarity forever because the union makes us strong. Um, fucking 
let's talk about Bioware and let's talk about Anthem because this article recently just dropped that was a wild article about the creation of Anthem because there's been lots of articles ripping apart Anthem just like when Andromeda came out. has been a hot mess. Yeah. From what I understand. So beyond Anthem just being like essentially a Destiny knockoff but worse, um... I, sorry to interrupt, but uh, there was one, um, there's another podcast that I saw a clip of where they were discussing the, um, one of the many issues with Anthem, which is that the, um, the gear system is just so fucked up and broken that you're actually better off if you just go naked. Like, you're super powerful if you're naked. Uh, and are just using the starter gun and i like they went into a big in-depth thing about it but i don't remember that but i one of the guys was like how do you hold my beer fallout 76 (laughs) um well i don't know at least in uh like fucking they didn't disable all the nuclear weapons in the game based on nuclear weapons um ever like they, fucking i don't know anthem has some pretty fucked up broken shit in it like um, the basic systems of the game are broken and this <laughs> this article really explained that um part of what they were talking about were was specifically the what happened during the creation of anthem with bioware and ea um so as most people know uh bioware was purchased by ea and this goes back to they had i think 19 different people they interviewed um a lot of which do not work at BioWare anymore because of Anthem. But, like, essentially, um, when they made Dragon Age Inquisition, Dragon Age Inquisition won Game of the Year, um, and a lot of the employees were um, upset about that. They did not want it to win Game of the Year um, because a lot of what became the finished game in um, Inquisition was done at the very last minute with lots of sleepless nights because the pre-production was such a fucking hot mess. And part of that was, um, so I guess EA's, uh, engine that they use for all of their games that they require all of their, you know, sub subsidies to use for their games is called frostbite. And apparently it's super duper fucking buggy and hard to use. And especially for, um, like games that are, uh, like, Dragon Age and Mass Effect RPGs, which are way different than some of what um, EA was doing at the time. And also, EA's number one priority in, like, helping anybody, um, especially during Anthem, was uh, FIFA. So if they were calling about issues with the engine Frostbite, um, they were put basically way, 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 way down the line um yeah. in the list because it happened to be that FIFA was being made at the same time and that's top priority. Um the other thing that was a huge issue uh is that like I said very much like Rockstar Games um in creating um Red Dead 2 and severely overworking their employees in a way that I think is downright inhumane. Um this was basically happening to finish Bioware games. And Bioware was using it as a, like, see, we can do anything when we put our minds to it. We can overcome. You should never put your employees in that position to begin with. Um, in the case of Andromeda and Anthem, 
people were having mental breakdowns and taking stress breaks, and a lot of people didn't come back for them. They just quit. They could not come back to the game. That should not. Yep. That's not the kind of environment that I feel like employees should be in. Um, also, Anthem suffered from the issue of uh, Andromeda was being... So after they had the huge success with um, Dragon Age Inquisition, Andromeda was being made kind of at the same time as Anthem, and they split them. Um, so different crews were working on them. And when they pitched Anthem to the employees who were going to work on Anthem... People were really pumped about it, and understandably so, because as some of the trailers we saw for Anthem before it came out, and a lot of the stuff, the promotional stuff they said it was going to be about, it was a very interesting game. The idea of having, um, like, live weather patterns um, that influence how you have to survive in the game. It was pitched as kind of like a team cooperation thing, where you you would get teamed up with a bunch of people and you would go in and fight aliens but then it wasn't over because you had to make it out and back to where you started at the beginning like that was the idea so it was very teamwork oriented you were going to make it through this thing together and get out the other side which as a team you could understand why that was particularly exciting i already have questions though because how like they were being super ambitious with the amount of worlds they were going to create and not only that but like the live weather environments and how they were going to affect individual games and blah 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 i'm like how that's crazy that's a crazy amount of like pressure on servers um so and they had never ever done anything like this this was going to be their first like multiplayer online kind of game um and they wanted to kind of get away from rpgs in this place but already i'm like red flag because fucking plants broke final fantasy 14 so like i already have questions about the like stability of these ster- servers and like now they're basically using frostbite which they had to essentially recode a lot of um to build inquisition like they had to build a lot of assets that weren't already there and now they were gonna have to do that for a game format they had never created before with little assistance from ea um it's a little wonder that it turned out to be the mess that it is oh yeah and the problem with that is that it really became the employee's job to just fix it and they're like it can't be it became essentially it was in pre-production for four years um and Andromeda was having a mental breakdown like that team was having a huge time because nobody really knew where they were going with that and I think people have probably talked about when Andromeda was being released the drama that happened behind Andromeda um and essentially you know at first the Anthem team was like well at least we're not them and it became a lot of like inner like office stress um stress and like aggression because of because as most people know Bioware is split into multiple offices um they have the Houston office. They had one in Canada, but I think it's closed down. They might have had two in Canada, but one of them's closed down. They only have two offices now. They used to have three. Um, and uh, I can see why one of them <laughs> closed down, to be honest. And then when they presented what was part going to be part of the game to one of the EA heads, he was basically like, this is garbage. This is not what you promised me. Like... I hate this. And so they had to scrap what they had in all that pre-production to try and create something new. I feel really sad because this article mentions a lot of what they had in pre-production, which seemed really cool. And it seemed if they had perhaps a different engine to work with, it would have been perhaps a smoother evolution. The other thing is stuff like they couldn't figure out how to do flying in that game. 
because um, they couldn't figure out how to transport characters at all, which might be part of, like, the additional issues with the gear and stuff. Um, so they took flying out of that game um, multiple times. So it went in and out of the game four times. Uh, stuff like that kept happening. I think... And, and, like, as it went on, you know, people dropped and, like, the game released and obviously it's a fucking hot mess. But I think the, the more- point where it is breaking people's consoles, or it was for a little while. That, yeah. To me, big glitches like that, either they didn't have the chance to test them because they were too overworked, or they they tested them, they found them, they let EA know, and EA was like, whatever. Yeah. Because I- EA is, like- not a benevolent master. Let's just say oh, that. Oh no! Yeah, like no, fucking, no. <laughs> EA, EA is like I. I feel comfortable in all of my knowledge about EA, and I know people who have worked for them. Like they're a garbage employer. Um. So I, I think that like the also the big issue here was that like game companies need to unionize like the, like the employees like the creative employees need to unionize because you can't just keep like i think the problem with not to not to shade you if you're a huge fan of red dead but a huge amount of articles dropped before red dead 2 was released about how they overworked the employees and how people had breakdowns and it was a big deal and it was like a violation of what would have been like work ethics in any other like business and they it still won a bunch of awards and a bunch of people bought it and did incredibly well so i think all that showed like rockstar games is that oh we can overwork our employees and people will be upset about it but they won't care they'll still buy the game um and that's a problem so i like i don't know if that's something that has to be on the side of the consumer i think there's a point where you have to like um understand that responsible consumption under capitalism is pretty hard um but like also it's just something that i think has to be fixed in the infrastructure of the industry so this means like supporting um game devs in unionizing um because this can't you can't continue to have this industry just like overwork its employees and have make have them have stress meltdowns and tell them like like no this is how we make it through we power through stuff that's what we do like this isn't like school it isn't like college where like you have your meltdown and then you graduate like there's no graduating you have to continue to do this this is how you make money so that you can live there's nowhere to go from here um and you can say well why don't you move to a smaller employer but there are smaller companies that are just a shitty to their employees and like as long as they see larger companies getting away with it why wouldn't they do it too and so the need for a union is incredible in this industry right now um and i think like that's my like i i didn't necessarily want to sit down and like rip on anthem for like 45 minutes because i don't think that's helpful (laughs) um i think it was definitely more helpful to analyze what happened behind anthem and what happened behind games um that like even even some of the great games like i said dragon age inquisition one game of the year but had a horrible amount of stress and abuse of like employees essentially behind like this amazing game um and i like i hear red dead 2 is an amazing game but it was made 
in the wake of a lot of like unfortunate work circumstances. And there's our old favorite punching bag blizzard that had their most financially successful year of all time and then laid up a bunch of employees so they could pay their CEOs more. Yeah. And so like, I, I can't even like, I, I can't like, I can't, like I've said, I haven't, I haven't fucking touched Overwatch since that happened because it like it just makes me so angry to think about you know what i'm saying yeah uh, like i just pure fucking rage uh so i i just i don't know i mean like clearly me ranting about this isn't going to ch- change the world but like i i definitely need to get it off my chest especially as a person who wants to be in a creative industry and cares about these people um and cares about those jobs and cares about people getting health care and insurance and being taken care of by their employer so that they can continue to make great games. And, you know, but, like, healthily make great games, but, like, make it fashion, you know? Um, make it healthy. Uh, but I think that's I think that's all my salt for this, this week. Okay. Well, let's move into imported salt, then. Um, the first comes from Lord of the Podcast Roaches at night underscore Twitten. Sekiro salt. I don't have enough time to constantly be playing Sekiro. That's it. That's the extent of my salt. What a good fucking game. Also, Wolf is a hottie and I want to hold his hand. Is that the main character? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. Extra Sekiro salt. The game literally kicked my ass. I did something I didn't normally do and I and stayed up so late playing that I fell asleep sitting up and now my hip joints are screaming. Can't believe I actually got my ass beat by a video game. I I love getting messages from people because I said I don't care about spoilers. Where people are just like, "This thing just destroyed my asshole," and I'm like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wolf is the main character. Okay. Okay, but which hand do you want to hold? Like his flesh hand, yeah, or his like? Wanna, do you want to hold the the flesh and bone hand or the prosthetic hand? The prosthetic and bone hand. Do, isn't aren't there multiple? prosthetic hands you can get which one a different <laughs> hand holding experience at every corner uh, <laughs> yeah i i've i'm i'm glad to see people enjoying it like i know we talked about the issues surrounding it but i'm always glad to see people enjoy stuff that they paid for <laughs> and that you know like this game has a community around you know um so our Last piece of imported salt is from Michael Pren at Michael underscore Pren. Good afternoon, Salt Report crew. This week I'm getting spicy about body image and how people comment on it. I just wish folks would put a little more effort into filtering comments on looks. Just a little. A coworker was looking at an old photo of me and said something like, Yeah, your face has really filled out since then. Not the meanest way to say it. And they didn't mean me any harm for sure, but it absolutely destroyed me nonetheless. Cut to me trying too hard at the gym that day and hurting myself. I'll be alright, but filled out face will echo forever in my ears. Thanks for ca- um, thanks for casting and have a great week. Boy oh howdy do I have feelings about this. I'm really <laughs> sorry someone said that to you, but also fucking people do this all the time and it's like little things even stuff that seems positive like hey you've lost a lot of weight like i and i like i I get what they're saying and i appreciate it but like when i i have a history of like eating disorder issues so like 
it's best to just say like, hey, you're looking good. You know, like you look nice today. You look nice. You know, what like, a nice picture. What a what a fancy picture. I also I also love um or or like oh look how like in a like in a picture it's like oh you know it's so cute to see people when they're younger and stuff you know I don't mind stuff like that like um I also don't mind when people look at young pictures of me and like look at this fucking weeb because like that's not <laughs> commenting on like my physical appearance it's commenting on the fact that I'm wearing an Inuyasha hat like but then there's also a difference between like your friend saying that to you and like your boss oh, yeah. saying that to you. <laughs> God, that would be so weird. Could you imagine if your boss was like, look at this fucking weeb? That um, would be weird. That would be so weird. Yeah. yeah no, I uh, I really understand that. Especially to, like, recently, um, like, I, uh, with, like, my dysphoria issues, like, when people comment on old pictures of me, it's really awkward for me. Um, because, like... I don't even feel like I'm that person anymore, you know? Uh, so when when people like, oh, you were so pretty with long hair. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this comment. Like, am I ugly with short hair? Is that what you're saying? Like, or did yeah, you... Yeah, I, <laughs> I... My fucking maintenance guy from my apartment <laughs> complex once told me that I would look prettier with longer hair, and I slammed the door in his face. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, sir? Like... First of all, I look cute as hell with short hair. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is like, first of all, I look good in this shirt, and second of all, I look good in this shirt, and third of all, I look good in this shirt. So tell me, I don't look good in this shirt. That vibe. <laughs> also, navy blue is not your color. Navy blue brings out my eyes. You prick. Yeah. <laughs> like Oh, I'm so sorry. And then there's always the ever-popular, you would look prettier if you smile more. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I will murder people. <laughs> no, the next person to say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, fuck. And, you know, sometimes I still get that. I'm like, I am, like, 25 years old. I don't need to hear this. I am 30 or 40 years old, and I don't have time for this. <laughs> like... <laughs> what the fuck yeah always like girls who will i don't like boys so how do you like them apples i <laughs> <laughs> just like slob squats and flips them off and then vanishes instantly <laughs> poof <laughs> oh yeah well you know don't pay them any minds there are like there are also i <laughs> Side note, unrelated, but also my face shape changed between being a young person and an older person. And, like, I think it's just because I can press on it. And I think it's just my bones, y'all. Like, not because I've lost a ton of weight recently, too. And, like, my face shape is still different than when I was younger and skinny. So, I, you know, take that with a grain of sand. Like, also, like, things change. I'm sure you're handsome as hell. Like... Don't don't take it personally, but I know it's hard because I I t- also take it very personally. I'm like, this n- mind your business, David. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just don't don't make comments on people's appearances like that. Just Unless don't. You look rad. Unlike every other. D- oh my god! Or when people are like, oh, you actually look good today. What the fuck is what that the supposed fuck? to be, Janet? <laughs> 
ugly every other day, Brenda. Yeah, like, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh. Yeah, take it with a grain of... Take it with a grain of salt. Ha! Hey. Ha! <clears throat> All right. With that, that is our show this week. Jesse, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me as at Filthy Wizard on Twitter and Filthy Magic User on Twitch and Instagram. You can also find my Patreon linked in my Twitter bio. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch as at Humanity Upgrade and on Facebook and Instagram as Crowfeather Cosplay. You can find our Wayward co-host and editor Jake Lionheart on Twitter as at Jake underscore Lionheart. Uh, he's got links to all of his things in his bio. You can find our podcast on Twitter as at Podcast Salt. You can find it on Fireside as the saltreport.fireside.fm, as well as anywhere else you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, the works. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you like our show and you'd like to maybe consider contributing to it, consider tri- contributing to our Kofi. That's ko-fi.com slash the salt report. And remember kids, keep your shitty comments to yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>